I'm joined by the CEO of Festival Management Committee, Mishka Crichton. Mishka, thanks for being with me today. Maggie, thanks for having me. And I got to tell you that intro music made me very, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> it got you dancing? Whining I a little? He was like, wow, I'm, I'm sitting on my couch, you know, thinking this is the start of my morning. And then I heard that and I'm like, okay, right? I, I got the spirit. Yes. <laughs> you are awake and ready. Okay. Yes, Tell us about the launch. It's exciting. I mean, I feel like every year the city comes alive around this time. Uh, so tell us what your team and you have been up to and what we can expect this year. Oh, man, we have been, I mean, easy to say busy, I guess. Yeah. On uh, July the 11th, we have our official launch at Nathan Phillips Square, which I'm so excited about. It starts at 11 p.m. with the opening ceremonies um, from 12.30 to 1.30. Um, and then we have a party in the square from 4.30 to 8 p.m. where we're going to have um, many cool DJs. People are going to hear from our sponsors in the morning about the really cool partnerships that we have going on right now with some great companies that um, not only have um, a place in the carnival, but they also are being so supportive of the carnival and the community, which we really appreciate too. Now, Miska, you know, one thing is, uh, you know, the the big parade always gets a lot of the attention, but there are so many great events that happen leading up to the big parade. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about those because uh, I think it's just so important to, again, getting the city in that vibe and in that feeling and in celebrating Caribbean history and culture. So tell, tell me a little bit more about uh, just all of the amazing events leading up to the big parade. Yeah, you're so right. It truly is like a month long of this Caribbean vibe and energy that we bring to the city. So after our official launch, um, next weekend, we are going to have our Junior King and Queen Showcase, which I have to tell you, I've been a part of this festival since I was four years oh old. Oh, my goodness. You know? Yeah, born and raised in Scarborough. And I tell people all the time, I didn't have to get on a plane for my parents to teach me about this culture, about the history. Um, and this carnival is one of the reasons why Toronto gets to say it's a city with such a rich and diverse um, culture and community. So, you know, our kids are so important to us. It's important that we recognize them. It's important that they see their culture um, and heritage around this city, too, because, I mean, in, in schools right now, it's so beautiful how much effort is going into making programming more diverse. Um, Chinese New Year, Diwali, Ramadan, but there's also a group of kids that don't fit into that, and, and their culture is attached to celebrating emancipation. So after that, we also have our Junior Carnival Parade, which is on July 22nd in the Malvern community. Um, we have about 2,000 little tiny masqueraders <laughs> who will parade down in their own version of the Grand Parade that you mentioned. Um, and it ends in Nielsen Park as a beautiful family day. We have about 40,000 people that come out to experience that and support um, the kids. And it's a free event, too. So um, please come out. Please enjoy it. Please jump up with your kids and your family. Um, and then we lead into the main festival weekend, which happens on um, Sunday, the 30th of July. We have Aqua's Calypso Showcase. You can come listen to our Calypsonians perform, have some drinks, enjoy um, that rich history of Calypso music. 
Then we move into the King and Queen Showcase on August the 3rd. That's my favorite event. My sister is actually a nine-time queen. What? So, wow. Yeah, so it's, it, you know, that's my family's thing. We love that <laughs> one. That's the event that I feel like, you know, the parade is a lot of activity. Yeah. And the King and Queen Showcase is really an opportunity for people to see the carnival arts in all its splendor and glory. We have these beautiful big mass costumes. I'm telling you, some of them go up um, over 20 feet. Oh. And the people that carry them, um, hopefully we get to meet soon, Maggie, but I'm a real petite person and I've been in one of these costumes. So there's so much engineering and science that goes into making these beautiful, beautiful creations. Um, Friday, we have Pan Alive on August the 4th. And if you know anything about carnival culture, you know, Pan, Steel mm-hmm. Pan Music. Is, is one of the driving forces that goes through everything that we do. And then we have the Grand Parade. Again, can't say it's more of a favorite than the King and Queen Showcase, but yeah. it's the it's thing up there. That I can't miss ever. Yeah. It, you know, it's, I tell everyone when you're at the parade, whether you're um, in the actual parade or you're standing and enjoying the beauty of these costumes, and, and I say standing jokingly because really you're dancing, um, everybody adds to this beautiful environment where everybody is is loved everybody is welcomed everybody can express themselves and every single masquerader is a performer on that day and and giving people and being able to see people express themselves like that um the energy that there is is crazy and beautiful and then i have one more event before i get to go to sleep at the end of this um (laughs) month long which is um we have our pan in the park and that's going to be in Malvern Community. And that is a sister event also to our Toronto Caribbean Carnival International Food Festival. So both of those are on Sunday, August the 6th. And they'll be taking place also in the Malvern Community. But I think I gave so much information. Oh my goodness, so, so much. Like, uh, all our events are on our website, torontocarnival.ca. Please take a visit. Please look at the events. Please support us by uh, purchasing a ticket as well. Uh, I've been in the news quite a bit recently talking about funding and security. And it's really important that um, the community, the Caribbean community, the Toronto community, um, the the beautiful carnival community that is really global and worldwide um, support this festival and make sure that it can survive for years and years to come. You, you, yeah, you talked about um, security. That is a big concern this year and, and funding that. We heard that with Pride as well and the concerns about being able to fund their security. Tell us what, what some of the challenge are, challenges are this year. Yes, you know, the thing about security is it, it includes so many different elements and everybody knows how much costs have gone up. Post-COVID security costs have increased by 300%. Venue rentals, which also require um, safety amendments and accessibility costs, gone up 50%. Plus, we deal with, um, you know, procurement and equipment. Those rental costs up 50%. And I say all of that to also layer on top of it that um, security is about vehicle and crowd control. It's about barricades and fencing. Um you know, our municipal emergency services costs, paid duty police, um, private security companies we have to hire, training for our staff and volunteers, um, also safety gear for staff, volunteers, and everybody who's a part of this festival, even radios. Um, that is a part of security costs. Right. So this is a, is a, you know, 
the the term security it means it's there's so much more than go that goes into it. We also have, for example, on the road with us, our steel bands and our mass bands. They also have security costs and have you know similar um, issues that they're dealing with. So it's really not even just the the FMC that is having to think about how we need to pivot for years to come, how we can get more support from the government, um, how we can figure out a way to make this uh, beautiful festival survive for the next 56 years. Because at this point, um, it can't be carried on the backs of the community and the volunteers anymore. Yeah. And the last thing we want is to hear that the Toronto Caribbean Carnival is no longer because of not getting proper funding for something as basic and as necessary as security. So, absolutely. There's so much at stake um, for this festival to not exist. I I talked about um, what's happening in the schools, and we have a program going on with TDSB right now. We have a Young Learners Development Program with the Toronto FC that's going to kick off in the fall. Um, If this carnival doesn't exist, uh, there's a large group of children that exist specifically in this city that they also need to be nurtured. They also need to know where they came from. They need to see that the rest of the city um, recognizes their culture, their heritage, and who they are and who their families are as well. Mishka, thank you so much. What I love about this time of year is the food. I'm just going to be honest. I- oh, me too. <laughs> I mean, I get to eat like that all year round. I know, me too. Like- but, you know, me too. But it's just always a little more special around this time. You're right. Thank you so much, Mishka, for uh, being on the show. All the best. And uh, get some so sleep. Much, get some sleep. Some sleep yeah. at some point. <laughs> on August 7th. Thank there you, you go.